You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right, you're tuned in to Radio 191 FM. Right now on the line, we're joined by Lachlan Pryor, choreographer for the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Atamaria, good morning. Kia ora, how's it going? Very good, and yourself? Very, very good. Right, as I said, choreographer for, for the Royal New Zealand Ballet uh, and also a former dancer. Um, yeah. You know, so you made that transition uh, over over a, a long period of time, I guess, well, not a long period of time, but you were still dancing at the beginning of your choreography career. Um, what is it about choreography that, that took you from the stage and to the side of? Well, I think um, being a dancer is inherently... Um, creative and um i i really got inspired by using my body to tell stories uh and that eventually i think evolved into me wanting to uh produce my own work and and create and um work with other dancers to put on shows and and tell really fabulous stories yeah because it kind of happened over over like yeah as you say quite a long period of of time developing Mm. So, of course, you don't just work with the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Uh, you've got your own company, uh, and you produce uh, and uh, and choreograph uh, different things. You've done stuff down here with the uh, Arts Festival. Uh, you're also involved with yeah. Dancing of the Stars and a whole uh, scope of, of different incredible works. Uh, and, of course, this time around, Cinderella is uh, the big work that's on show. It's a timeless tale, a tale of adversity, love, lost and found, um, you know, uh, breaking from social norms, classism, and it's it's an old story. Uh, variations of it have been told since um, you know sixty four. Since the dawn of time, really. Yeah, yeah, sixty four <laughs> BC with the Rhodopis, uh, uh you know, a young slave girl from Greece marrying the king of Egypt mm-hmm. uh, after a, a, an eagle dropped off a shoe. Uh, um, oh, I actually never heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An, an, an eagle uh, picked up a slave girl's shoe in Greece, flew it to Egypt, dropped it on the king's lap, who then was taken by the beauty and shape of the sandal, uh, and then got riders to go out and search for whose shoe it was, whose gender, sandal it was. Um, I think, honestly, this story is, reflects like how much um, people have a foot fetish and how far <laughs> history that goes um yeah amazing the the one you know the one we based ours off was the um the Charles Perrault story and then many many iterations and um it's interesting that yeah you talk about um how many versions there are we kind of with this production we were like what why 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 are we making a new version and um we kept coming back to the fact that there is um, room for you know a 21st century version where things are maybe more reflective of our contemporary society and so in this version we really wanted Cinderella to take uh, ownership of her own narrative become the hero um, save herself in a way and um, and also feature uh, Prince Charming's story and um, how he is struggling with uh, issues so it's kind of a the show parallels the, those two main characters uh, through that, throughout the narrative. I think that's important, right? Because, I mean, stories like this are full of tropes. Um, and for, be- yeah. for, for better or worse, uh, and tales yeah. are being told from the male hero perspective, saving, you know, uh, a damsel in distress. 
Um, but, you know, t- times have changed. Uh, mm. We've moved on from that. And that hasn't been the case throughout history anyway. It's just the picture that was painted by those, you know, that were painting the pictures. Uh, and you're creating your, your own work and your own piece and bringing it into contemporary themes. And, and, I th- and a lot of stories have done that over, over, over time as well. But it, that's really important because I th- it's important to see, even with old tales, a reflection of ourselves, right? A hundred percent. And I think um, with with the classical ballet uh, canon of work, Cinderella exists as a like a nineteenth century ballet. It's um, it's much more traditional. So we kind of wanted to. Um, break the glass slipper a little bit and, and do something different. So in our version, yeah, Cinderella saves herself. Uh, she's her own woman. She actually, the, the stepmother has this kind of um, seductive um, evil grasp over her father and has uh, sunk her teeth into the family estate. Cinderella uncovers, uh, I won't give too much away, but this plot and she ends up um, uh getting rid of the stepmother and it's much more um yeah involved for her character and she doesn't have she's not sort of pushed from side to side and um told what to do and um and then equally when uh, her and prince charming meet they actually don't fall in love and it's a very awkward um <laughs> meet cute scenario um he's actually in love with prince dashing from the kingdom next door yeah. And he um, is, is struggling with his identity uh, and, and regular duties. And in the end, uh, through the magic of the fairy godmother, he's able to um, come out to his mother, the queen, and um, have a happily ever after in a fabulous mm-hmm. rainbow. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, but one thing I, I must add there is I am a step parent. Um, oh, and, you yeah, know, we, it's, like, I was talk- really hoping. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the stepmother was going to be good this time. I mean, that we we talked a lot about this because I mean, step parents are infamously a trope within all of those fairy tales. But um, I mean, she is the <laughs> primary antagonist. We just couldn't kind yeah. of give do away with that. However, she is kind of we've gone into this whole backstory. Um, where she's like a, pad, uh, a, um, a failed pageant queen and now she's living vicariously through her daughters to um, seize the title and win the crown. Uh, and uh, it's um, kind of just absolutely fabulous. If, if I was to play any role in the show, it would be her. Yeah. She's just so um, unapologetically evil. And um, there's also some real power in that as well. Like she just does it with style. So I think we can we kind of got away with that. Even though she is um, evil, she's sort of relishing it and um, just fabulous. Yeah, you just reminded me that I played a stepsister in Cinderella, uh, Cinderella at, <laughs> at Intermediate in the in the mid nineties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I totally forgot about that till just now. My one and only time. Oh no, actually, it wasn't my one and only time on stage. They're very fun. It's a very fun role to play. You um, can kind of get away with murder, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people, when they think of ballet, they think a big, a big stage, but with minimal prop. Um, but that is not the case. Like from what I have seen of this show, um, I mean, dazzling array of colours. 
um, lots of uh, stage prop and, and, and usage of the space and, and, and um, things to to manipulate and work with. So yeah, we wanted to tell a very full story, and I think because it is a contemporary version, we are using props in a very clever and intricate way to to help tell the narrative. Um, it's very colourful. It's very over the top. The treatment for the design was more is more and this kind of maximalist feeling. So um, our characters are saturated in this over-the-top world that is just um, ridiculous and crazy. And um, then our main characters are more, um, I guess, rooted in just pure movement and pure choreography and it really shines through that they are telling their story uh, just through dance and, and they don't need all the big props and things like that. But, I mean, in terms of the scale of the show, there's a massive staircase that revolves around. There's swinging chandeliers. There is um, uh, 400 lighting cues, which is, like, a lot for a ballet. Usually you have, like, 10. So um, it's very um, razzle-dazzle, almost, uh, yeah, theatrical uh, musical theatre without the, the singing sort of show um, I mean it's it's a big show how long has the production been in the works for what goes into putting something like this on we've been uh, doing sort of pre-production about two years out two and a half years out and then it involves um, Claire Cowan our incredible composer and Emma Kingsbury our fabulous designer the three of us were uh, we spent a lot, lot of time just talking about what the story meant and where we wanted to take it and then the design and uh, music language. And so then after that gets developed, um, Claire will write the music, Emma will design the um, scenic and costumes, and then I put it all together with the dancers mm-hmm. um, at the very end, which is actually the, the sort of most immediate fast part of the process, putting wow. it all together. Is the music modernised as well? It is. So um, Claire is a master of sort of fusing different styles together and this show is uh, no exception. It sort of fuses more traditional classical music with uh, medieval and baroque and club and uh, synth pop and just like everything you can think of. So at the ball, we're actually... um, integrated with sort of modern um, techno music nice. but it slowly creeps in as the um, as the evening wears on and it gets closer to midnight and the champagne starts to flow uh, the music gets more and more uh, clubby and um, crazy <laughs> um, now is Hey, hey, what's the interest for this work been like from outside of Aotearoa? Is there, you know, any other companies that will want to take this version on, or is there any plans to take this for the ballet to go overseas again and take it on the road? Um, we've had so many people ask this question, and <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit too early to say. I think it, it's a it's a wonderful show that would do really well overseas, whether it's um, Royal New Zealand Ballet taking it um, and representing Aotearoa um, overseas or whether it is um, another company putting the work on as a representation of what we've made here in New Zealand. 
I'm not quite sure yet. I'm sort of, I'm still slightly um, just overwhelmed at how um, how positive the response has been here um, around the country. So I'll let you know. You let us know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just just quickly with what you just said is is when you when you do work with with uh, traditional works like this, even though it's only been a ballet since the I think the forties, but of course it's that timeless tale and uh, and tale of Cinderella is, is, is in itself is very old. Is when you modernise things like this, um, is there a fear that there'll be a backlash to it? You know, a lot of people were, came up to us and. And said, "Oh, you're so brave to do this," but I don't, I don't feel that way. I mean, obviously, the um, telling a queer story is is quite a new thing, um, especially uh, like a genuine one. A lot of the time, um, gay gay stories are kind of played for laughs, or there's a there's a very camp character. Yeah, um, th- this is a very genuine, serious portrayal of um, a relationship between two princes. I'm really proud of, but I think like New Zealand's ready for it, and also um, for every one person that maybe doesn't understand or is uncomfortable, there are two thousand that are, have enjoyed it. So um, I, I think at the end of the day, the show is just really good fun, and it's very entertaining. So the messages that are contained within that. Um, are, you know, being received really positively and really strongly. Great. Amazing. And it looks incredible. Um, so, I mean, and, and you know, you, it's sold out here, so you could have put on two mm-hmm. shows. I'm disappointed that you haven't. You could have. You could. Yes. <laughs> but it is what it is. And we don't, um, it's quite rare, we don't always um, open up the, the full, full theatre as well in Dunedin. No. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, very special. I think um, it's the, the final show, so the dancers are going to really enjoy um, getting out there and performing for um, the target audiences. Yeah, and I know everybody is really looking forward to it. Um, so, I mean, we uh, people they would have missed out this time. Hopefully, we'll come back. But also, um, the ballet will be back soon with Tutus on tour, um, yeah. which is always a treat. Um, Always a treat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been something that's been happening for many years, and it's great to see uh, an amalgamation of different works. Um, yeah. put on and um, it's always splendid so we look forward to that coming back uh, later on this year um, yeah it's going to be that's going to be a really fun one and I think people should definitely get along to that it's always um, a lovely show because you get so many tastes of different things it's a, a sort of a smorgasbord of um, different styles of work from, ranging from very classical all the way through to um, more contemporary so there's mm. sort of something in there for everybody and then um uh, next year as well. Um, if you miss um, if you miss Cinderella, we are also bringing Hansel and Gretel back. Another production. Oh, that, and that was your back. first. It was our first. Yeah. So um, we'll be bringing that back at the end of next year. I, oh. I think I'm allowed allowed to say that. Oh, that's now. exciting! It's exciting. Um, so yeah, don't miss out on coming along to that one because that's really fun. Well, and, and hopefully there's one show for Tutus on tour. Maybe uh, this weekend's performance to a full house will inspire maybe maybe putting on another one. Yes, I, I hope so. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> hey, um, Lachlan, thank you so much for your time. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Been great. It.
um, oh, thank you so much. And um, um, hopefully, I know you're um, you're back at home working on some other works, but maybe we'll see you down for tutus on tour later in the year. Yeah. All right. Can't wait. Thank you so thank much. You so Have much. a wonderful day. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.